welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2021 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. This year, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be able to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell your Twitter mutuals, your girlfriend who lives in Canada, and that motherfucker who ghosted you. Vote now before the voting window closes, and I repeat, tell everyone, including that motherfucker. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterInTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Reunion, but make it twisty. The season two girls got back together one more time for a trip down memory lane, but only three of them would see the light of another episode. It is time to talk about the penultimate episode of Canada's Drag Race 2. And joining me is someone who did get the pastel memo, Jeremy Torres. Hello. Hi. I was so fully ready to call you out and be like, oh my God, you didn't get the uh, pastel memo. And then you're like, I have a pink hat on. I was like, okay, you got it. You're good. You're good. (laughs) You're not Kamora Amor, who bitch oh i know <laughs> i'm mad at her i'm really really mad at her i like am so mad i may unfollow her Ooh, we'll talk about it we'll talk about it yeah. how are you how, how, how is everything i'm doing well i'm doing well you know i am wrapping up a busy past four months mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. we're now one step closer to getting a master's degree we just got two more classes and we're done Love it. that's amazing everyone clap Claps and claps. We love we love an applause. <laughs> we do. We do love it. Um, so this is kind of fun. The first time you came on the podcast, you came on for a reunion, and now you're back for another reunion. Okay, full circle. Full circle. 2021, wrapping up great. Maybe for 2022, you'll come on for all the reunions because there's going to be what 75 of them. I mean, what we're on? We're heading what? How many more seasons are we? We're like, and we're getting apparently a bunch of new ones, including Thailand, France, apparently Mexico, Brazil. It's never ending. You know, I think we're gonna what? We're gonna cap off 2022 with what? Drag Race season 50? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, If there is a a country that deserves Drag Race, where do you want to see a season of Drag Race? Hmm. You know, give it like so we're gonna disregard the political climate, but I would love to see a Middle Eastern country host drag race. Oh, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe Egypt. Okay, all right. Drag race. I'm here for it. That would be that would be something. That'd be something. That'd be something. Well, drag news of the week was mentioned a couple times in the podcast, but We'll do it one last time since it's the last new one for, for now. Um, season 14, it's coming. It's Are you coming. excited? I am. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to come, I think, this early. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember or recall earlier in this year if it started in January. Oh, it started January 1st. So they're like, same time, we're doing it again. Yeah, I think, like, I'm excited. I just wish it was kind of pushed back to maybe, like, beginning of February. 
But then they couldn't have all the queens at DragCon. That is true. And look at that strategic marketing. Look at that. Look at that. Sure, they sure know what they're doing. Anyone you're particularly excited to see? Cornbread. <laughs> Cornbread. Okay. Okay. I don't know why. I I mean, I was watching that, like, you know, those Meet the Queens. Mm-hmm. And I was just dying laughing. And I was like, I need, I need this person to win. I'm really vibing with them. I'm going to make a very shady comment. Okay. Cornbread is the elevated version of Silky Nutmeg Ganache. I did that. I said that. I said that. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. Only one New York queen. They said this year we don't want a New Yorker in the final. So welcome, Jasmine Kennedy. Um, You know, I have many feelings about that. And I think... I love Jasmine. I've known her since she literally was a child uh, when she was not allowed on bars, but she was still there. I, like, personally, I'm excited to have, again, at least we have a New York queen there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think... It was the right call to make. I'm just saying, um, we just, I think drag race has taken a lot out of New York City drag life. Mm -hmm. I think we just need time to like replenish. I mean, there's still amazing things out there, but we just need time to, you know, let the artistry there just thrive a little bit more before we pluck them out. (laughs) Let's be honest. There's a baby queen born every day. You was right. You are right. Very true. And, (laughs) And the other big news is we got another Puerto Rican queen coming on the scene. Uh, Alyssa Hunter, finally. Mm-hmm. God damn, that boy is hot. Oh, oh my gosh. I was like, oof. <laughs> damn. That's all we're going to say there. We're going to keep my comments to the season starts, and that that's probably going to be the, 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 the official 2022 trade of the entire year. Oh, I think so. Oh, think- my God. Well, let's dive into Drag Race Canada, Canada's Drag Race. Brooklyn Heights Drag Race. Um, how have you been enjoying this season? It's been, I feel like every episode, depending on the, who the guest is, it's a mixed bag of uh, reactions. Yeah, I, I've i been enjoying this season. Um, I think I've been enjoying it more than, slightly a little bit more than the first season. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know why. I feel like I, maybe it's, like they caught the clue from what happened last season. I just feel like judges are more personable. There's a better approach overall to like, you know, offering critiques and challenge to, yeah. to the Queens. Um, and then I just think this is like a really loving cast. There are great casts. I would say that this cast, aside from maybe three, I would say they're all stars. They're all real good personalities. I, I have to agree with you. So losing people each week, it's like, ooh, I don't want to lose them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to talk about each of them because we get to see their looks for the runway. Um, but all four queens walk through the door as one another Quebec sister is sent home. Adriana is gone, and she should be proud. She did very, very well. Um, Colombians did not win this season. Our first Colombian drag race queen did not make it. Apollo, Amanda Masker, I know you're still mourning, but it's okay. We'll, we'll find another Colombian queen to do better. Well, Isis kicked Adriana to the curb. She looked good. She was good energy. Her dedication to her craft was beautiful, but it was just her time to go. But Isis does say she works so much in Quebec City that she is a little worried now that she's kicked out two of her their girls. So she's sorry she didn't do it on purpose. Are you sad to see Adriana go? Was she the right one to go? I am sad to see Adriana go. I thought she was a fierce queen this season. Yeah. I was living for it. 
Um, but you know, it's down to these lipsticks. It really is. It really is. Kendall is on cloud nine to be in the top four. Hey now, hey now, this is what dreams are made of. Isis poses the question, if they thought this was the top four that they saw happening, Gia and Kendall say yes. They had to knock out so many incredible people, but they're sitting there and this is real life. And Gia thinks it's top four and any of them can win. I'm like, okay, girl, you're silly. <laughs> you really tried. <laughs> Pathea finally won a design challenge. The feud is over. Isis can get off her ass unless she wants Pathea there. And that was just really cute seeing two bottoms trying to talk like tops. Damn, you're right. <laughs> it's, it was true. Now, out of nowhere, the alarm sounds, and that's never a good sign following a challenge. Let's let's be honest. Ever since UK2, whenever the alarm sounds, I'm always nervous. COVID, COVID, COVID. But no, no. Rue appears to tell them that no queen will be crowned until they are reunited. It's time to reunite the sissies of season two. Obviously, this was planned because if there was a Rue message, they knew they were going to do this. So no, mm -hmm. no one can call... Um, uh, biases here. This wasn't a setup. They knew this was a plan. But as Isa says, she's confused and tired and peed a little. She's not doing this. Um, were you prepared? Did you think a reunion was necessary? If you if you were on the show at this point, did you would you have been shocked? I think I would have been shocked for a reunion. Um, I mean. Let's give it like the trailer from the one week to the next did not even anticipate like, oh, we're going to just do a reunion. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So it, it threw me off. I mean, it threw me off. Do I think a reunion was necessary for the season? I don't think so. No, especially us. I mean, they filmed it already, so I understand. But especially after that one year later reunion that Candace Drag Race did, that was the best reunion in franchise history. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, Sissy Smackdown. I still hope they'll do like a year later after this um, taping and do another reunion because I want to see the drama because you know Eve is going to try to be part of the Brat Pack. She's going to get kicked out and she's going to cause shit. Because the Brat Pack is reuniting. I'm just saying they re re uh, did their Instagram. It's happening. Ooh. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, I don't know if we need this, but I guess um, they didn't have another challenge ready. No judges I, were around in Canada to come on. I mean, it could be that. And I also am trying to figure out like, Maybe they were like, ooh, just because we want to give this twist. To, let's see if we could break up the, the pack. Let's, let's yep. get an episode to break up the pack before we, we go into the finale. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's hard. Like, if you did an acting challenge, it's anyone's game. Um, you can't do another design challenge. You're not going to do a singing challenge because that's next week. Like, what other challenges are going to be left in this spot? A roast? Oh, wait, we already did it. So, producers, you kind of blew your load early. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. All right, Brad Goreski in a peach floral blazer will take on the role of host of the reunion as he welcomes us to a very special episode of Canada's Drag Race. Were you surprised that was Brad? I really thought it would go be Brooklyn. Yeah, I would. I was assuming Brooklyn because, you know, the host. Maybe but... what happened, maybe what happened is she got stuck in her chair because it takes her 70 hours with her glam squad to get ready. And they're like, I'm not ready. And Brad's like, fine, I'll go be the host. And it's like, 
Brooklyn doesn't need to be here anymore. I can host Drag Race. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's, it's been interesting, right? Because this season, um, when you see like you know when the when they're announcing like the runway category, right, or like who's getting eliminated, I think they've been I've noticed they've been switching off between Brooklyn and Brad a lot. Amanda, so, like, Amanda, and Tracy have like gotten one or two, but those two primarily have been the focal. Mm-hmm. So, it's, and I feel like it's like a co-host dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe there's like, yeah, let's, he's been given most or majority of some other things. So let's, let's make him the host. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly very good at it. He's hosted shows before he's done live on the red carpet before he knows how to make a show work. So I, I thought he did a very, very good job. I do too. I do too. Well, he also tells us that the final four, will become the top three and Wait, what? How are we going to get there? Don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it soon. My prediction was so wrong, but <laughs> it's time to bring out the girls. Now, there wasn't an official runway theme, but they all, aka almost all, wore pastel. So in honor of the unofficial runway, we are going to play pastel or pistel. Someone looked like piss. All right, ready? We're going to start off with Beth. Look by SKDB Creative, Jewels by House of Slaughter. I think this was an incredible silhouette for her. I love that little capelet skirt moment. The rose hair, the rose pink monochromatic was a great palette for her to use. I think she looked very good, and we obviously saw a design challenge look from her, but I think if we saw more from her this season, we would have been impressed. Yep, I totally agree. I'm loving the hair. I love the little bump that she made. Yeah. Back the hair. and that cape is just the little cape is so beautiful and like yeah. a nice ruffle. Yeah, it was an elevated bodysuit. It, it worked. I was mm-hmm. here for it. Um, I'll give it a pastel. Pastel. The audience, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. 50% pastel, 50% pistel. No, it's pastel. I think it's pastel. Some of some of y'all, you all really pissed me off on some of these, but we're <laughs> gonna get there. Next up is Aqua uh, Ocean Aqua Black. Look by uh, Stevie Shotzi. Hair by Wigs by Mistress. So she realized in the hotel room that she needed a look. So she literally tore down the drapes and put them on her arms. The dress is way too short. I hated this ginger hair on her. It is not the right color for her and not the right color for this look. Yes, she needed a belt. But if she wanted to match the shoes, fine. But this look is pastel. Why are you giving me black? Give me white. Mm-hmm. what is she doing yeah i think the the look the execution of the look was a miss right the idea and concept i get it yeah um i wish yes i wish there was a white belt or like a nice you know um maybe like baby blue belt or sure, i'm here for it and then just a lighter wig yeah or white yeah. shoes because those shoes they're black <laughs> yep but let's be real, Ocean. She can't. She got. She's very limited in the shoes she's, she can wear because she will break herself, as we learn. And we'll we'll discuss her big re- revelation later. But yeah, pastel for me, not going to work. Uh, pastel as well. Audience, thirty-two percent pastel, sixty-eight percent pastel. Next up, we have Stephanie Prince. Price Prince, whatever. Look by Benjamin Minotaur. Hair by. Abaya Mirage Jewels by Indigo. So she's serving you white, which works in this color story, but really this look is all about the detailing. The feather skirt with the feather shoulders. She could be the bird queen on Game of Thrones. I mm-hmm. think the hair is laid 
perfectly. The beat is wonderful with the stones under the eyes. Maybe she was gone too soon, or this cast, like I said, is really filled with potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who the original designer was, but I know this is a um, is inspired by um, some fashion look. All right. Yeah, I, okay, so I love the look. Um, my thing that would have really elevated, I love the hair, how it's laid. Um, I wish it was like a lighter wig, and that's just sure. me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the detail is gorgeous from like the, this kind of the texture from the top yeah. down to the bottom where it just like it just changes patterns and directions mm-hmm. i love it yeah it's really really well done i was a fan of it um i'll give it a pastel pastel for me audience agrees 87 pastel 13 pistel next up is suki doll look by suki hair by simon moon nails by suki She's giving you a bit more jewel tone than pastel with the wheel teal wig, but overall she is serving. This is not an easy gown to walk in, but the way it drapes on her gives her such a cool silhouette. It is a bit of a thick material, so it kind of looks like a comforter, but also I'm not mad at that because Suki is just wearing it as opposed to the garment wearing her. Mm-hmm. I think it's like evenly distributed. I think anyone else, you know, if done wrong, it would look like the dress was wearing wearing them. Yeah. But I think she carried that dress. Absolutely. And that wig. Oh mm-hmm. my God. It was so cool. I think I would have preferred it in Gia's hair color. So a little bit lighter. But mm-hmm. overall, I was, I, I mean, she is the fashion queen this season by far. Oh, I love I love this look. Yeah. It's a pastel for me. Pastel for me as well. Audience, 85% pastel, 15% pistel. Eve 6000, hair by wig zaddy, look by Lucinda Mew. She looks really beautiful, even though she fully painted on the bitch face. I love a nude lip with pastel. It's the perfect combo, and I will be saying that a lot from here on out. This is very Easter braid 2000s. It looks really simple, but she manages to, to make it feel drag. So I was impressed by Eve here. I am too. It's giving me comfort. It's giving me... Um... Yeah. Like, I want to lay and lounge in my bed all day, but still look very hot and sexy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was, I really liked it. Um, but no, she paints it on a bitch face. Those brows were high. <laughs> she said, I want to give a drama look today. <laughs> oh, and she's going to give you drama. Uh, I'll give it a pastel. Pastel for me. Audience, 79% pastel, 21% pastel. Next up, Cynthia Dahl, look by Last Chateau, hair by Sean Mamas. I thought this was my dear friend, Nicole Noskopy. This beat was perfect. They were twinning. She can wear a plain soft pink dress and still look like a million bucks. The hair is perfectly Marilyn, perfectly gorgeous. I think the strapped heels are hard to pull off, but when she makes it work, she makes it work in silver. She looks absolutely incredible. She really is one of my favorites this season. I was, okay. When I was looking at the mug, I was like, I am, for some reason, I was like, I'm vibing with this look. Mm-hmm. And it's giving me like Anna Nicole Smith. So vintage and classic. Yep, exactly. I, I was here for it. Maybe my favorite mug of hers all season long. It's pastel for sure. Pastel for me. Audience, 82% pastel, 18% pistel. Kimora Moore. Look by Fashion Eye 242. Jewels by LAG Concepts. Hair by Kimora. Next, 
I don't care if she ran out of clothes or whatever. Every single person on that stage managed to make pastel work, and she is coming out in toxic neon. Like, Ginny Lemon, you are making a mockery of Drag Race, and you should be ashamed. I am done with Kimora Amor. Done. I can say she was giving neon. I do love her mug, though. But she was giving neon, not pastel. Like, I like, look at the image behind me. Everybody looks incredible. And then you have the eyesore of Kimura right on the side. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, I, I, I don't understand it. And even when she says her answer later on, I was like, that after what you pulled in your lip sync, you're going to pull this now? That's not okay. The drama. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's a pistol for me. The absolute biggest pistol for me. It was pastel for me only because, you know, I feel like if she actually came out with pastel, mm -hmm. you know, it would be different. But she came Put out on the fucking white, white dress again. I don't care. At least that would have looked good with everybody. Mm -hmm. oh, I was so mad. I was so fucking angry. Um, audience, y'all are fucking nice people. 44% pastel, 56% pastel. <laughs> we'll have words later, people. All right, next up, Adriana, hair by IGN, pearls by Inchu Bijou. I just love how beautiful she looks and feels. This gown is really simple cut, but she makes it look so gorgeous. The fabric is very drag. I've seen many drag queens wear it, and yet she just looks so hot with that leg coming up that slit. She's giving you sophisticated, sexy realness. I think the blonde hair was a right choice, and as was that nude lip. And I think I would have softened up the eye color because it was a bit bold, but overall, she's a fucking stunner. She really knows how to paint. I think she was serving like Colombian, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, Colombian, like mom slash like that knows her shit. Mm -hmm. She's <laughs> like, ready for the Encanto uh, world premiere red carpet. Truly, truly. Did you see Encanto yet? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't yet. yet. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm so excited. I have to. I have. To, I gotta find time. You going with the nieces and nephew? I need to take the. I actually need to go take the nieces and nephews to go see it. <laughs> Do it. But the look—it's a pastel. It's great. It's pastel. I also love the just simple simplicity of the pearls. Mm -hmm. Just like right, like yeah, it's a yeah, pastel for me. The audience: seventy-eight percent pastel, twenty-two percent pastel. All right. Let's talk about our top four. First up, Kendall Gender. All right, I'm obsessed. First off, the colors, the, like that soft blue with the gold, excellent. Then you have that single shoulder gold strap, which I thought was so elegant and beautiful. She is beat for the gods. Again, it's that nude lip for me. The hair is elegant yet modern, and I love that she's wearing black. And the look is exactly what I wanted that I didn't know I wanted so badly. Now, I called you out already because when I saw the, um, the voting on my Instagram, you gave this a boot. And I was like, excuse me? Jeremy, please explain to yourself. Yeah, okay. So no shade to Kendall because she's the one I, who I, I really want to win this season. Um, for me, it gives... Okay, so the look is giving me like princess, which I love, mm -hmm. right? Um, but for me, it just it wasn't for me. The look wasn't for me. Okay. Did it that, feel too prom dress for you? It did. Yeah, that's fair. Because I think it fully is a prom dress. Uh <laughs> yeah, and like 
And like, you know, what makes it, you know, different from like, I think maybe that's the addition of that gold patch or gold shoulder area that makes it like, this is not, I'm going to, I'm going to alter this prom dress. <laughs> um, Fair. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I don't know if, if, if you have seen on her Instagram, uh, someone tagged her in a story that she had the same dress without the gold strap. So the gold strap is definitely an addition to it. Um, but this clearly was um, off the rack. Yeah. And I think, I think it would benefit it or been elevated a tightly a, a bit more if maybe the dress went down a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just needed cinching and, and a slight or like tailoring. And that's fair. That's fair. And that's it. I'm, I, I loved it. I'm going to give it a pastel. I gave it, I gave it a boot, but I will give it a pastel because it is pastel. <laughs> all right. All right. The audience, y'all fuckers, 56% pastel, um, 44% pistol. I don't know what y'all doing, but okay, whatever. I can't call you all out because that would take too much time out of my life. Geometric. No designers listed, but this color is wonderful on her. It is sparkly mint. The dress is really fun. Modern. It has a retro vibe. I'm obsessed with the mint pigtail so much. Did not know I needed that in my life. She always, always, always wears a colored lip. So seeing her do nude this time, I was like, this was the right choice. You're branching out, girl. What I do not love is the height of the boots. Thigh-high cutoff to the skirt really strengthened her, and you, you lose the, 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 the fun of that, that dress. But I love the idea of a go-go boot here. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, this is giving me, like, Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, she just didn't have her right on. But it was like giving me like this cute little Christmas, like little Christmas vibe that I was yeah. feeling with this past time. When you ultimately do drag, I feel like this is your drag. That's what you'd wear to the club to party. Oh, yes, definitely. We still got to, I still got to practice on it. I still got to start practicing. Yeah, so you got to do it. You, you, you got your break to do it. Come on, what else are you going to do? Go party all every night? You yeah. know, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a pastel for me. Pastel for me as well. Audience, 93% pastel, 7% pistel. Next up is Isis Couture. Look by, well, Isis. She is giving you ice queen. I think the blue is gorgeous with the blue fur sleeves. I adore. Straight blonde hair was the right choice. I think because the earrings hang so low, I'm going to give it that rare moment where I'm like, nah, you don't need a necklace. It works. But she looks stunning, and I think she might be ready for a crown, if I say. I think so, too. I think so, too. What did you think of this look? Um, I liked it. I, again, for me, it's like there's slight alterations, but again, this is drag race. You're given how many days to pack all your things, right? True. And do your things. Um, but honestly, she looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm just Here like, oh, yes, I love pastel it. Pastel for me. Pastel. The audience, 90% pastel, 10% pistel. And finally, Pythia. Um, so apparently she's wearing Eve's wig which is a thing. Um, love to know that backstory there. Again, I think the mint is a great color. The appliques and stoning are perfect. The idea of a post-op plastic surgery is interesting because, well, she's always going to need a gimmick to stand out. And I think it was just a little subtle because you could barely even see unless there was the close-ups of the blood coming out of the nose. Um, that being said, if you're going to go there, go there. Give us a story. Um, yeah. But I did think it was a good look for her. Um, it's nice to see her do glamour. Yes, I, I I agree. And it's different. I mean, it's different, but also her, right? Absolutely. 
Um, every time I know like it was like a plastic surgery kind of thing or like post-op, I was thinking, girl, you get in a car accident. Is this, <laughs> I got in a car accident, but I'm still going to prom. <laughs> that's or <laughs> or she got knocked out by ISIS. Right. Look at that. <laughs> I'll give it a pastel. Pastel as well. Oh, I just love how her boobs also look in this dress. Yeah. It's just like, yes. They're perky. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I think, the lowest she's ever gotten on the show. 68% pastel, 32% pistol. Not people are not a fan here. I liked it. I liked it. it I do too. Well, Brad does call out Kamora for not getting the pastel memo. She says that if you're going to do some shit, she's going to go to the left. And I say, okay, bye, girl. And just no. Again, it's disrespectful for the your sisters sitting up there. Yeah, I think it, it, it distracts from like everyone. Not to say like, oh, you know, we all should be the same, right? I'm not advocating for that. But I'm also saying like, you know, you're on television with, you know, your sisters, you know, you mm-hmm. want everyone to have like to be seen and paying attention to. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I think that dis- the, the gown in itself distracts from everyone else. Yep. Brad starts off with a hard hitting question. Are they surprised by this top four? Nah, overall, they say no, but Stephanie is like no comment and like no comment really is a comment. Eve clarifies that he asked if they were surprised, not what it should be. Brad is like, okay, now who should have been Eve? She says herself, but she fucked it up, so it's on her. Stephanie says she should be up there, and Brad's like, instead of who? She's surprised that they are already being shady, but if she's being forced to, she says, Kendall. Kendall congenially says that Stephanie left so early that she didn't see her growth, and I was like, bam, that's funny, that's good. That was a good Meanwhile, Meanwhile, Beth chimes in and says, replace her with Gia, and it's perfect. That's the alternate universe. If Beth won that lip sync, is that what would have happened? We don't, we don't know. We're going to get a montage of this season's standout looks. So who made the cut? Are you ready? Buckle yes. up, because I'm going to tell you everything that made it. Stephanie's entrance look. Adrian's good girl gone bad. Eve's circus look. Kendall's circus look. Pythia's dungeon and the drag queen. Isis's Hope Couture, Chet, Hope Chet Couture, Suki's Hope Chet Couture, Gia's Good Girls Gone Bad, Pathia's Circus Look, Stephanie's Circus Look, Beth's Hope Chet Couture. Why? I don't know. Cynthia's Hope Chet Couture, Ocean Circus Look, Kendall's Dungeons and Drag Queens, Eve's Monochromatica, uh, Isis's Seven Deadly Sins, Stephanie's Hope Chet Couture, Isis's Good Girl Gone Bad, Gia's Monochromatica, Pythia's Ugliest Sin, Eve's Reveal Look, Suki's Circus Look, Gia's Ugliest Sin Look, Pythia's Seven Deadly Sins, Gia's Dungeon and Dragons, Isis's Ugliest Sins, Cynthia's Good Girl Gone Bad, Suki's Canadian Icon, Gia's Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, Isis's Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, Cynthia's Ugliest Sin, Kimura's Seven Deadly Sins, Kimura's Canadian Icons, Kendall's Canadian Icon, Cynthia's Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, Isis's Dungeon and Drag Queens, Gia's Prom Makeover, Pythia's Prom Makeover, Kendall's Prom Makeover. That needs an applause. That needs an applause. on there. <laughs> You need an applause for that. You just. <laughs> First off, who was missing and why did they only show one Adriana look? One Adriana look. Who did she piss off? Right. I thought she was given looks this season. So. Absolutely. So I don't know who she, who, who in production she got. Amora had her ugly ass fucking uh, seven deadly sins on there and Adriana gets one. Girl. I was thinking, I mean, the circus look, I was. Mm. Yep. 
I was like, how? <laughs> I guess the only reason maybe is because they did use a lot of the looks for her montage later on. Um, but damn, uh, if you're going to tell me the best looks of the season and not include a lot of Adriana, that's shady. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Brad tells Isis that she brought the fashion every single week. She won two design challenges. So is she gagged? She says she's not surprised. She stayed up 16-hour days to get things done. She's glad it went over well, especially with Brad. Would you be that dedicated to your craft, 16-hour days? I think I would. I mean, still thinking about... Okay, so if I'm going to be on Drag Race in the middle of a pandemic and I got limited resources and I know how to do things, i.e. create outfits, best believe they're going to be the best outfits that I've like spent my time and money on. Absolutely. I will stay up late to make sure this is done. <laughs> Absolutely. Brad says that Pythia's creativity is unmatched. Where does it come from? Well, she says growing up in a very conservative country, she didn't have ways to escape reality, so they lived within her. She made up characters from inside her. The looks are a God-given gift. And I was like, oh, you are a crazy person. I understand you now. <laughs> Do you think she's schizophrenic? Does she have voices in her head? I think she might have voices in her head. I love her. She is so wacko. And yeah, if she does win this season, she will be the first like quote unquote alternative drag queen to win drag race. But she's so fun and weird, but is versatile. And is lovable, I think. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because um, when we see, you know, drag drag performers on drag race, who do alternative drag. I don't think they have that like quirky, fun, lovable, like connection they have with. Yeah. I mean, we could argue that Sharon Needles was a version of alternative drag, um, but that's a very far stretch to make that case there. Um, speaking of Sharon Needles, did you read that article? I did not read an article. Oh God, it was a little. Um... Daily Beast, everyone read it if you feel you have the desire to. The research um, this. Yes, if, if these allegations are true, oh wow, um, not good, not good, not good. So, how does Isis feel that um, she won the design challenge? How, how does Pythia feel that Isis won the design challenge? She says that Isis deserved it, but she was in fact bitter, as she should be. You want to win yeah, it all? I, I mean, yes, and I also think, like you know. When it came to design challenges, real competition between Isis and Vithia. Absolutely. Well, Kendall is told one word, bodysuit. She just loves her bodysuit. I feel, again, you would wear bodysuits all the time. You got that little body for it, you would do it. Yes. Yes. She says there were a lot of them, but Brad tells her that she looks gorgeous and she jokes that there is a bodysuit underneath her current gown, which I was like, if there was a reveal, I would actually have been like, just give her the crown right now. Um, anyway why I do think she could win was in this moment because she is quick. She is smart. She is funny. And she has something the other three don't. And that's just being always likable and always accessible. Yep. Very much like Priyanka. I agree. <laughs> All right. It's time to talk with some of the early outs and Brad turns to the first queen out, Beth. What did they miss out from her? Well, before she can answer, she says that if they were playing golf, she won. Lowest points. Sports? You know she had been in her hotel room for weeks 
preparing this line. <laughs> but Adriana says, well, they didn't miss any comedy. I was like, good for you, Adriana, being the one to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, Beth says that they miss a very elevated version of her. She has grown over the years, but she will be able to show it. She says that she is an amazing drag queen, and it's taken her a long time to realize that. We did get a lot of Beth in this reunion, more than I thought we would, more than we usually do from an early first boot. Um, so yeah, maybe she just had one bad day. Yeah, and you know that happens, and you're also going under the pressure of being on Drag Race. But I also think, you know, as we are slightly recovering from this pandemic, I think Beth will have the opportunity to show everyone um, in Canada and outside of Canada, like what she can do. Absolutely. Well, one might say that Ocean sailed away too soon. Who is that one? I would like to meet them. <laughs> they are wrong. The biggest thing that Ocean learned when she got home was she subscribed to a gym because being able to sing and dance at the same time was impossible for her body as she was grasping for air. She was not able to focus on the choreography, and I quote, lyrics, the lyrics. <laughs> now she can sing, and you will see her sing on tour. I just didn't connect with Ocean. It's my thing. It's a personal thing, and I get it. Um, she must be one of those, the one of the most lovable people, because there's not a single person who has has anything negative to say about her personality. And I that, and I also think, even though she was on the show for a short time, I mean, she gave us laughable moments. Oh yeah, like in person connection moments, which I really Absolutely. adore. Yeah, um, great drag queen. No, no. Just All right. Up. Practice. Brad, Brad's going to skip all the way to the end, and we are going to talk to Adriana, and he's going to remind her that, oh, you just missed out on the top four. Um, but she gave the other queens a real run for their money. Cue the montage. So we're going to get a, her best of moments, including her entrance look, her versatile looks, her campiness, and of course, that good girl gone bad look, which is almost made my top 10 of the, of the entire 2021 year, but I was like, I can't put her on and and then there were so many other good looks i also asked the audience no one nominated it so that's on you y'all i i had had to be fair um brad asks if she feels like she was underestimated by the other girls she says she did feel underestimated she -hmm. didn't get to show a lot of performance even though she won an acting challenge but she is proud of what she did so brad's going to ask the room what they thought of adriana and eve says that her shit yes her shit was so gag worthy. It's like, don't call her gorgeous looks shit. You are shit. Anyway, Kimora says her stonework and embellishments are out of this world. And Adriana says that she is a different person on stage as she is a quiet guy backstage and she just calls her quiet but deadly. I would like to see more out of Adriana. I, I'm not done with her story yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder too, right? Does that play a factor? In, I mean, despite lip syncs, right? Does that play a factor, right? Um, how quiet you are throughout the season, but also still um, I feel like yes and no. I mean, she did give good confessional, but there are definitely times there are contestants who go out and you're like, do they need to go out? And then you're like, well, compared to some of the other queens, they're not giving you the producers what they really want. Mm-hmm. But I think Adriana did just had so much of her looks and her personality in the challenges that were so good that that carried her along. If she were to come back, I would, I would go have a chat with Priyanka and learn how to do confessionals a little better. Yeah, she did them when she had her one-liners and it was funny. Those were great, but then she was just very flat. Yep, and you know, and that's I think that's something that people 
on Drag Race look at when they were like, yeah. will this person connect to the audience, right? That's my biggest fear with season 14. Those meet the queens. There are some queens I was like, did you just take a Xanax before you started talking? Like um, Orion's story is like, you are actually on drugs right now, bitch. You, where is your personality? Um, but we'll, I'll get there when I do that preview. Oh my God. That, she, she literally thinks she's Laganja. <laughs> well, speaking of deadly things, Kendall, Cynthia, and Gia, the Brat Pack. We get to relive the moment of high-pitched gay screams when Gia and Cynthia walked in the workroom to see Kendall. Uh, Kendall says it was one of the most unexpected moments of her entire life. She's known them for so many years, and who doesn't want to enter this platform with your literal best friends? Brad is like, so how was it for everyone else? And I was like, oh, that's shady. Was it really that bad? Uh, Kendall's like, did it really affect y'all? Um, girl, you have no idea, apparently. Kamara says that she loves seeing the camaraderie as it reminded her of her sisters back home. But Beth says it threw her off because she knew what they are capable of in Vancouver. Beth is going to share that the one thing that bugged her was that she was about to lip sync and the girls that she had only known for a day came up to support her, but she had to come to the Brat Pack to say goodbye. Kendall says it was hard because it was Gia lip syncing, but she gets it. She was focused on her and it has nothing to do with how she cares for Beth. And Cynthia says that she and Kendall just know how to get Gia focused. How did you feel about that answer? I feel it's valid. If I'm with my best friends on a show and one of them is probably me going to be lip syncing <laughs> on the first episode, um, I want to support like the people I know and closest to, right? Yeah. Um, and I think assuming like bad intentions of not like coming up to somebody else is also just not the way to go um, when you realize the dynamics that are at play. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it as defensive, but I did see it kind of like, who, us? The, we're not mean girls. We weren't mean girls to you. But then the more they spoke, I was like, okay, stop, because now you're becoming mean girls here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there definitely was a dynamic. And we did see it that first episode where it was the three of them and Beth was off to the side. And sure, they could have had that Vancouver connection. Like we see the New York girls, even if they don't know each other, they just didn't have that because these three were so close. Yeah. It would literally be like if Stephanie's child was on the same season. I was just, I was just about to say that. It, it, honestly, yeah, if we, if we got a you know New York City trio together, right? and put them onto the show and they're all the same season yeah, yeah we're gonna see that and obviously people from new york who work in new york nightlife would be like yeah i get that because we see them all the time together exactly well suki does speak up and says that they did affect the people that they actually know by not giving them the attention and she's like eve had several moments with um uh gia and uh, uh that's understandable they're sisters so Cynthia knows it was annoying for everyone else, but to have her sisters in the competition was a gift. She does feel close to them, but she feels close to all 12 of them. They all killed it. Gia states that everything that happened happened in the first three weeks, and what many don't know is that coming in with your best friends is awesome, but they did make so many other strong connections. Now, I'm sitting here being like, I've noticed that the, our top four are very, being very, very kind, very, very nice. They were probably in tune to knowing that there's some sort of twist coming. Do you think they thought the others want to vote and they were trying to be overly compensating their niceness? 
I mean, with Drag Race twists and turns, I think, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mean, that's something too, right? And I think as we watch Drag Race over the years and over the seasons. Remember All-Stars 3? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we know that like the drag performers on the show are hyper aware of how the television is going to perceive them. So there's like, Absolutely. let's not look like dicks right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, listen, I'll say now, I really thought there was going to be a vote. I would have lived for a vote to make it to the final three because that would have been the drama. But that, that would have been the gag of the season. Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk to Eve, who Brad reminds her that she has some intense moments with Gia. And she's like, what did I say to Gia? Okay. Let's not forget, you said you won't follow me on social media, bitch. Eve says that they cleared that up very quickly and then believes that she and Gia have very similar personalities. Gia is completely offended by this comment. She's like, you and I? No, no. Gia shares that she and Eve never had beef, but there were moments she reached out, but felt like she was shut down. Eve felt like she was backed up against the wall as no one felt what she did with the critiques. For her dealing with it, she just wanted to vent and not have therapy. And I was like, but you're on Drag Race. That's what you do in Untucked. That's the whole point mm-hmm. of it. Like, and well, everyone Brad, back, there, back there is giving feedback to each other. Like, Exactly. Brad chimes in and says that everyone saw star quality in Eve, and I saw delusion, but agree to disagree. But again, once again, everyone in that room is like, oh my God, you're a star. You're star quality. You're amazing, Eve. I'm pissed that they didn't do a crying montage with Eve. That's what we missed here. All right. Let's do some top talk. We're going to talk to our top four. Brad's going to go to Isis and tells her that she started off quiet and focused, then busted out of her shell. What changed? She says that she won the first challenge and then talked with the judges. She keeps her drag personal and she was scared someone would say she didn't belong there. I think that's totally valid. That, that's a thing. When you are sharing your art, it, it's hard to be vulnerable and be, make, have someone be telling you it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's happened to me. I've had the New York Times say my musical was bad because of my writing. I was like, I didn't want that. I wasn't prepared for it. Because it was a thing. It's a real thing. I mean, I don't want that feedback. I don't want your feedback. No, not at all. <laughs> Brad Chimes claims that Isis is the oldest queen in the competition, which is triggering to me because she and I are the same age. But OCN is also a year older. So do we just forget about OCN? I, okay. So quick, before, you know, before we, we trek along. Um, I felt some type of way about being like them addressing Isis's age. Um, knowing damn well she was given it this entire season. Right. Yeah. And if you if she was on the cast of Drag Race Italia, she'd be in like the middle spot age-wise. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but um, she didn't think it was a disadvantage, but she says she tries to stay on trend and learn and become inspired by those who are around her. She is so inspired to continue doing drag for another hundred years. It's like, at least you can make jokes about your age. Meanwhile, when I joke about my age, it's usually about getting pity and sympathy because I'm old. Um, Brad calls Kendall the comedy queen. Did she think she'd win the roast? No. What she thought she would be good at, she wasn't. But she was able to play on different facets of her personality. Brad now has got a question for Gia, but tells her to keep it short as they don't have an hour. She will not be thanking the Academy. Cue the speech montage. Listen, whoever got to edit this had a ball here. 
I love that they also showed unaired footage of the judges getting bored and ended it with literally her saying thank you so much every time she left the stage. <laughs> is this genuine or is this for TV? I think it might be genuine. I It, it felt like genuine. Um, you know, when you're like getting feedback from, I think just being on Drag Race, but just feedback in general, if you're a person like me, regardless of the type of feedback, it's like, thank you, right? Yeah. But she she was giving speeches, like our speeches. She sure was. She <laughs> feels a bit like a tryhard, even though she probably isn't. She just wants everyone to like her. I think that's a thing that's in her psyche. Believe me, I, I'm that way too. Like you want to always say thank you. But um, the fact that it was always the same line of thank you so much, I was like, that's that's funny. That's really funny. And thank she made a so joke much. out of it. Her, thank her, um, oh, yeah. I was say, thank you so much. And, um, I've grown a lot. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and she's made a joke out of it. She made herself a, 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 an Oscar on her Instagram. So take it for a grain of salt. You can have fun. But Gia was confident coming into the competition, but lip syncing week one, she let go of her fear and listened, started to learn to listen. That's where she built her confidence. And again, they had fun here again. As we listen to her, the camera cuts to Stephanie, who is yawning. Eve is just blinking. The speech was there, added to the montage. It was good. And finally, Pathea was the only one who hasn't lip synced this season. And they're like, go do it right now. And they're like, the producer's like, wait, wait, wait. we'll do it later. Um, how did she manage to escape the bottom two? She took the good critiques and added it to everything without staying stagnant. The small critiques were applied and she listened and evolved. Simple answer. That's all she did really need to do. And how you win the competition. Exactly. Brad now is going to tell us that the workroom is a safe space where no topic is off limits. We're going to get a montage here of the highlights, including Kamora talking about her son, Cynthia's gay dad, Kendall's sobriety, Suki sharing about being an Asian drag queen, Adriana about social pressure in the gay community, Pathea being open to her family, OCN being adopted, the queer discussion, Isis and Michaela during the makeover. We heard a lot of topics, and a lot of them were actually kind of new for Drag Race. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of impressive, because yeah, it, it's becoming cookie cutter where we're going to have the did your parents accept you speech. Like, But this time we had a did your parents accept you because you were adopted or you come from a different culture? We don't get that all the time. Yep. What was your favorite workroom conversation this season? Um, mine was on the conversation about being an Asian drag queen. Mm -hmm. um, I think we do talk about it in Drag Race, but we don't talk about it enough of um, kind of the function of like just racism within the LGBTQ community. We don't especially for U.S. Drag Race, let's be real, right? It's so superficial of how it's glossed over, right? When in reality, it's like in our everyday reality, like as a person who's BIPOC, right? Identified as BIPOC, it's in our everyday reality of like the shit we have to navigate. Exactly. Um, how hard to like, we have to like break stereotypes um, and all that extra pressure that we have. And that shit is exhausting, Right. We just want to live and thrive and be happy without having, you know, to feel those repercussions on like from race and racism. Right. Absolutely. Brad talks about the discussion about pronouns. What was the impact of that conversation? Well, Adriana says that they are not having that conversation enough and she has learned from it. 
She will have it with everyone she can. She wants everyone to feel like they're in a safe space with her. And again, this was, a, I think, a very important conversation. I talked about it when the episode aired. Um, it is a hard question to ask sometimes because you don't want to offend someone. Um, but it, it, it really is a way to make a connection. And, and it does take little things. Like, as much as we want to shit on Instagram being a, a toxic platform, just the fact that they allow the option to add your pronouns to your profile, that's a step forward. Yep. It, it really so, is. And I love that. You know, I, I, I love that your girl was taking that away with them. Yeah. Um, hello, Drag Race. Uh, I'm a trained, you know, queer and trans uh, resource facilitator. So you need me in production. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. You should. Hey, hit them up. What's what's stopping you? <laughs> Kamara says that being able to ask difficult questions is important to communicate. She says it's difficult because she doesn't want to disrespect someone before you open your mouth and says that it was education in the sense that you learn what is changing in the world around you. Um, yeah, you want to talk about anyone being old. It, it, it's Kamora. Not that she's actually like age-wise old. She is the same age as Isis, but she just comes from an older generation of, of mindset. So just really interesting. Since this show is clearly sponsored by AHA Seltzer, it's time to ask the final four what their AHA moment was. I was like, okay, this is subtle, but if Kendall won the moment by making it a sponsor moment, I was like, that's how you win this show. Mm-hmm. All right. So for Kendall, she says it was the trajectory after lip syncing. It shook her up and said it was going to be over at, or she can kick herself in the ass as she deserved to be there. For Gia, it was the roast as her fears and insecurities resurfaced. She looked in the mirror and said, you're human and worthy of being here. She felt capable. Isis says the second episode where she came off of a win and then put in the bottom and being told she was in her head. But Thea says her aha moment was surviving the snatch game and being in the top for it. She was in the top. Really? Really? She was safe. Really? <laughs> it was very safe. Grimes was terrible. Right. She's safe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Brad tells Stephanie that she was always opinionated. And since she me- missed the reading challenge, this was her chance to read her fellow queens. Um, this is one moment I think Stephanie would have loved to take back because her reads were piss poor. The... <sighs> You know, you know, when we're doing reading challenges and we're reading people, you know, there's some, you know, there's like some fun and lightheartedness to it. These felt so mean and Mm -hmm. so targeted. So Stephanie on Kendall in drag, Beyonce. Sure. Out of drag, Jay-Z. Why was that an insult? Where was what's wrong with Jay-Z? Right. I know he's not like beautiful, but he's fucking rich and loaded and has a hot fucking wife. What's wrong with Jay-Z? Mm hmm. Stephanie on Gia, the only reason you won the first lip sync is because it was easy. Oh, that was a read for Beth. Yeah, explain yourself. Okay. Stephanie on Suki, your name is very fitting. Doll, because you're the Asian version of Annabelle. You're creepy? Is that where... <laughs> Maybe it was lost in translation. As I said uh, with Google Translate on Drag Race Italia, sometimes you put things in and sometimes the things that come out, not what you want. Out of nowhere, somehow, anyway, somewhere, someone voted for Miss Congeniality. How, who, when, what? I don't know. But the winner will receive a $1,000 gift certificate from Wigs and Grace and $2,000 worth of drag jewels from Ant Accessories. Hmm, maybe we'll find out what jewels they are exactly next week with my 
guest for the recap finale, the creator of Amp Jewel, Amp Accessories. Just saying, Ooh. come back next week. <laughs> All right, they all voted, and Miss Suki Doll is Miss Congeniality. Agree or disagree? I agree. I don't. It should have been Adriana. I could see the case for that too. I could see the case for both of them. Um, maybe I think, I mean, okay, so there's things that we don't see on, like, I don't know how the voting yeah. went. They probably voted just between the queens, most sure. likely. That's what happened. Um, so there might have been, you know, some, I don't know, a, more love or appreciation for Suki. Now, we did see on her exit episode that all the queens were like, she's the nicest person in the world. So that should have been our clue, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think the first two, three episodes, we just didn't get that out of her until her last episode. Meanwhile, Adriana was always like just a delight. So maybe that's my slight bias or my desire to want to see Adriana back before Suki. I don't know. It's now time to talk to the Eliminated Queens and find out who they think should win. A lot of cop-outs here. I'm not going to lie. There are a lot of cop-out answers. I, I was like, just give me a name. That's all I want. But let's go through them. Beth says Isis has proven herself. OCN says Isis. Stephanie is rooting for Pythia as she sees a lot of herself in her, even though she's older. We can tell. I was like, there's your read. Um, Suki says being the queen and having the crown is just setting the standards for drag community. So she says Pythia and Isis as she's biased. They're look queens. Eve says Kendall has her activism as it resonates with her deeply, and it would be important to have her platform. She also says that Gia is the most driven bitch in the room, but Pythia is her one as they connected over something so emotional as they saw someone coming from the same thing, which is what? Do we know what she was talking about? I That has to be some behind the scenes, not on footage conversation, because... Yeah. I was thrown off a bit. I was like, where? I, I'm going to assume it must be some discussion of them both being non-binary and how that affects them. Um, yeah. But I was like, I want to know a little more. <clears throat> Cynthia says she's excited to see any of them win, especially her Brat Pack girls. But Pathea got her mind so inspired. And I was like, I didn't say your sisters. That's so diplomatic, but also shady as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like if I were Cynthia, I'd be like, I want a double win for my Brat Pack sisters. <laughs> but good for her <clears throat> um kamora says it's hard to pick so based on track record she goes with isis but she says pathia deserves the crown and adriana wants the crown in quebec and goes with pathia brad's got some news to share before there can get to a winner the final four is about to be a, a top three the final four will have to compete in lip sync battle royale where each will be paired up against one another to compete. The winners will go to the finale. The losing two will battle out one more time for the lip sync of their life. It's time to select lip syncs, and Kendall and Gia select main event, while Isis and Pythia select Born Naked. Okay. Um, as you as we talked about already, I wanted it to be a vote. I was here for a vote, but that's fine. This is cool. What did you think about this as the twist? I like it. I think it's different. It's a different... Yeah. yeah. Um... Also, like, it's that weird of, not weird, it's that that fun of the unpredictability. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. So here's my thoughts. This is where the Battle Royale should be. It should not be in the finale. It should not be how we do it in American Drag Race. This is the right moment. You want to crown them for what they did to deserve to be there? 
then you crown them on a final episode. This is where the battle royale should be. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can do it though, with how Drag Race and World of Wonder wants the big live finale as their end of season thing. Um, maybe it's a it's some sort of version where you do the battle royale, um, and then the finale is a live version of like the Runex. It could be, yeah. I don't know, but this felt right. I liked it. It was, it it felt good. I think, I mean, because we're gonna see someone who hasn't lip synced this entire season, and that, and that's why I think it was very important that we did it too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the one before we dive into it, I'm gonna say one thing about it. What? Isn't it nice to not see reveals for the sake of a reveal? Yes. Yes. I okay. Let's be real. American or American U.S. Drag Race. I feel like it's feeding a different type of audience. Yeah. We fucked it up. We fucked drag up. Yep. We don't need... No, actually, season 10's finale fucked up reveals for everybody. There were too many going on at the same time. (laughs) Right? You know, when I think about a reveal, it should not be so... It shouldn't look like a fucking potato sack. It needs to look effortless, I think, to be honest. It has to be like, you know, expect the unexpected kind of thing. I agree. All right, let's get into it. It's family affairs. Brooklyn, Brad, Tracy, and Amanda take their seats to watch these lip sync battles. Um, this is the main event. Are you ready? I Kendall know. is looking all Beyonce while Gia puts on her himbo redux look. Um, this is the first time I've actually seen Gia look scared the entire season. She looked fucking terrified. And it's because she knows her, what her sister can do. Yep. Kendall, the music starts. Kendall starts playing the air piano and Gia humps the wall. I have to say that main event is actually a good song to lip sync to. It's got a lot of depth. It's got a chance to give you a well-rounded performance with some slow moments, with some high energy. I thought this was a good lip sync song. I thought so too. Gia used the stage well, while Kendall really allowed herself to plant herself and captivate and keep your eyes on her. Um, Tracy, we got to see, really loved Kendall's butt flop, but I hate that move, so Queen stopped doing it. I literally think it's dumb. Um, and then they thankfully cut away, but Gia did that Stephanie's Child 8 count. <laughs> the judges have decided. Kendall wins. She automatically moves to the finale. Gia will battle the loser of Pythia and Isis. Do you agree with this result? I do. I agree, too. Um, I've gotten mixed reactions from it. I've gotten people say that Kendall did not deserve to win. I think Kendall did. I I do too. I think Gia overcompensated. Yes, I think it was too much. Gia did. I don't want to say Gia did too much, right? You're trying. You're trying. You're trying to win this lip sync. So you got to do whatever right. the hell you got to take. But I think the energy was not exerted in the correct way for this lip sync. I agree. Lip sync number two, we got Isis looking all fly with those pink sleeves and chaps and Pathea looking like a long-lost frock destroyer with body hair. <laughs> what was she wearing? I, please help me out here. She said, I want to I'm gonna give a little skin. <laughs> Born Naked is a staple. Um, Isis is saying, I'm going to give you intensity from the start and I'm going to eat this stage. She is giving you the power moves every chance she got. 
I'm sorry, Pathia was just no match here. It was it, this is a precursor of things to come next week. I really do fear for her. Um, Pathia was like, okay, I'm gonna save my energy for the next lip sync. Isis, this one is yours. Um, then they do some naughty, sexy stuff to each other, so that happened. They were playing off each other, they sure were. Uh, maybe that um moment earlier uh after the elimination when they're like you want me on your ass was kind of like what they kind of wanted to do i don't know mm-hmm. anyway the judges have decided isis wins she automatically moves to the finale with pathia battling gia for the final spot do you agree i agree yeah i was this is the moment i was like this is why we need to see everybody lip sync just like last season where we saw scarlet bobo in the only lip sync she did and she clearly won the lip sync but you couldn't crown her this was we needed to see um pathia lip sync because if you wanted her to win and you put her in that last lip sync and this is what you got fuck no i I, you cannot justify it um as we go go into the last lip sync i have many thoughts and feelings let's do it uh this is it the final battle to see who rounds out the final three and the song is call me mother can we stop normalizing using this song as a lip sync song it's just not fair it's not that it's a challenging song it's just not a good lip sync song that gives you anything fresh or new at this point how Mm -hmm. many times did we hear it this year on other drag races yep um yeah i was i'm 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 furious like is does rue get like an extra ten thousand dollars every time the song is played on top of his like reportedly fifty thousand dollars per episode. <laughs> yeah. Um. For me, Gia had the words. Pathia did not. Gia had the performance. Pathia did not. In a normal situation, you would put Pathia in a final three. But there's no way you can tell me that Pathia beat Gia here. The energy wasn't even close. Yeah. I. Okay. I agree. I. Like I am the biggest Pathia fan, right? And then I'm sitting here watching this lip sync. And it, it just wasn't it. Down to, it felt like she didn't know what she was doing. Uh, it felt random at at points while Gia was like giving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you justify it because there were a lot of people who agreed that Pathia was not great, and it is okay to not be a great lip syncer. We have seen some not great lip syncers make it to the end, um, and then go off and win it um crystal versace um i i i'm really glad that they showed us this but unless i i feel like the only way that pathia can win is if it's a ballad or whatever she does in the song and her final look is the best thing we've ever seen in drag race history Mm -hmm. um i'm very very worried here um i am am too and i'm i'm like brooding like it's, it's like from the top three that we get out of this result, I think they're fantastic performers. I really yeah. do. And artists. But I'm very, very, very iffy. I mean, as I'm iffy about what's going to happen next week. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a little scared. Um, it's it's going to be a, a, a very tight battle. Um, and I haven't really looked at the statistics quite yet of um how the the audience is is liking the social media posts because clearly what that didn't fucking matter um with uk3 which i was um but we're gonna wrap this up and i want to hear what your thoughts are on gia's legacy 
Gia powerhouse performer. That's okay. what I'm I'm getting. Uh, you know, at times it felt like, you know, that first episode scared because I was like, oh, Gia could be good this season. Um, that first episode a little scared, scared me a bit. But her legacy is a powerhouse performer. She knows how to give it. She knows how to give a show and knows how to elevate looks. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's going to definitely be interesting to see what happens with her next um, because I think she is very universal. If you want to tell me that of any queens that are going to go on the Work the World tour, it's going to be geometric. She is the most internationally um, beloved in a way that she can transcend uh, cultures and countries. I know she was supposed to do the Christmas tour with Club Kids in UK, but ultimately was either draw from or couldn't do it or whatever. Um, and I was like, that just makes sense. Like she should be the one touring the world. I see no problem here with Gia. I think it's really going to um, be a thing where it's going to be how she treats the fans and the and and the drag race community uh, but i don't think this is the last you're seeing a gia yep i mean if this episode or these lip syncs and this season have shown to the world that she, like she is a performer yeah she will de- she if if there aren't it's like a uk versus the world type show i, I she, she's going to be on that one maybe not the all-stars of canada but she'll be on the international mm-hmm. if that's a thing i don't know we don't know so i don't know maybe we'll have an announcement soon i don't know we'll find out all right I got to ask it. We got to ask it every single time after nine episodes, the winner of the season is Isis for me, Couture. I'm going to go with Isis. I know all season long, everyone's heard me say Kendall. Um, I do think if Kendall wins, I will not be surprised. I know y'all will be surprised, but I will not be surprised. Um, I think Isis is well-rounded and a good representation of the show. She gave you looks. She gave you comedy um, and she's a good person. And I think after last week's episode with Michaela and the makeover and the discussion of um, having uh, a drag family with trans members in it and, and, and inviting her into her drag family, I think that was really important. The case for Pathia is definitely there. Again, um, it, she would be a non-binary winner and one who is vocally non-binary on the show, which has not really been a thing. Um, but I'm I'm really worried about lip sync. I I I will call it out if it's not good when she wins. Yeah, and I, and I and I think, I mean, like we said earlier, right? It was so. I think it's important to have this kind of episode format uh, because the person you thought was going to be the front runner or tied for the front runner, um, you know, their performance was not something you would expect from a, a close a close top three. Let's be real. This is a close absolutely. Top three. Well, I did ask the audience. I have uh, some results um, of who they think is going to win. Um, I have 2% of the vote going to Kendall Gender. 43% going to Pythia and 55% going to um, Isis. So kind of overwhelmingly Isis here. Yeah. And I can't, I can't be really wrong about, they can't be wrong about that because nope. I, I feel it. I feel it. And we've seen it throughout the season. But it really is a, this really interesting split between Isis and Pythia. Um, and I can't really tell like who's on, like if, if people who like were team Kitty or team Crystal or team Ella voted the same way, I feel like it's very, very different voter voting pools. Yeah. 
So it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. Um, it's, I think this was an okay season. It's not been the best season. It's not been the worst season. If this lived on its own without five other shows happening at once, I think we'd be having a very different discussion. But I feel like at the end of the year, fatigue being a thing, it, it, it made the show itself suffer. And I'm, I'm sad for it. So whoever does win, I hope you take over the world. Likewise. Y'all. Been a good well, season. work. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, it's been a good season. <laughs> yeah. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you got coming up? Yeah. Uh, so you can catch me on Instagram at rootless underscore youth, um, as well on Twitter with the same same tag, rootless youth. Um, and then on Venmo, you can find me on Jer- it's Jeremy Torres 5 and some fun, exciting project I'm working on. Hey, we're gearing up for our first publication, you know, TV sometime and early 2022. That's exciting. And I'm sure you'll be in New York and, pe- and if people want to go dancing with you, you'll, you'll be out partying every night. Yes, of course. I, I love hanging out with people, y'all. So like, come on. At the queue every night. Party, party, party. The queue, hardware pieces, Manhattan. Hush. Uh, I need to go to Hush. We're, that's where I'm going to end up. I need to go. The spot? I'm- I also need to, there's a lot of places, XOX bar. A lot like, of, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought they closed. Didn't, that, didn't it just close? Or it's closing? I don't know. That's didn't the rumor I heard. Open? Didn't they just open? Correct. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. Gay bars, they come and go nowadays. Well, Jeremy, it is always a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, thank you for always, oh, thank you for inviting me. I love being on the show. A huge thanks to Jeremy for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 